Steal the mine. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing... Oh, Jesus Christ. The D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. Sing it for me, Till. That's true, that's true. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I'm your old-timey co-host, Till. We're going to do the whole show like old-timey hobos. If you're new to the show. We're not stupid. Rolling eh. with this, where we are. Rolling with disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream politely into the void. Oh no, I'm hurt! About various aspects of Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Feel it's free. D and D five E. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. R to the W to the D. Um, did you watch the Spider-Man trailer? Uh, I did. And I have a feeling that it will turn into uh, Spider-Man 3 all over again. By the time this comes out, plenty of people have, listened, have watched it. Yeah. Um, it looks okay. Superhero movies. I'd rather watch Spider-Verse. Did you watch it? Nope. Uh, so I'd rather watch Spider-Verse. So good. All right. You know, for those of you who haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, not going to spoil anything. So good. Oh, my God. It's like the. It's probably the best Spider-Man movie. I, I think it's easily the best Spider-Man movie. Well, you like the Sam Raimi first Spider-Man yeah. movie? And it's really good. It's got the Macho Man Ready Savage in it. It's got... Uh, uh, I got you for three minutes. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. I'm well, somewhat well, of a scientist myself. <laughs> What's the villain? It's just Green Goblin. Green, Green Goblin, Goblin. Yeah. yeah. he's got a good death, too, where Spider-Man's like... Feels bad about it. Doesn't mean to kill him, yeah. you know? Like the, the glider just came and he sensed it and he jumped. Yeah, I don't... You know what? I, speaking of this, of the... Of Spidey sense... Mm-hmm. First of all, it's not utilized properly in the Avengers movies. Second of all... I think they're using him differently in general. Second of all, it feels like one of the most powerful abilities that somebody could have. Sensing danger before it happens. I mean... When when executed as per the comics, and he like senses shit before it happens, super valuable. Yes, very valuable. Obviously, it's not the most powerful. Like, yeah. You know, like yeah, Professor X can just blow his yeah, mind up and he's dead. You're very, yeah, you're very far away from but the most in terms powerful. Of, but in terms of good. physical threat... Very, very... <laughs> Good to have in his world. In this, in the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man yes, world. In the world where physical things attack you regularly. Yes. Which, again, in the Avengers thing, I don't understand because he'll, he'll get hit by like a, a flying object. Like, how did you not see that coming? You're Spider-Man. Your spider senses tell you there's an alien spaceship landing 12 blocks away, but you can't sense a door flying at your face. There was a disturbance in the force. Exactly. It was um, the spider force. Yeah. Okay. That's enough about That's Spider-Man. Enough about Spider-Man. Yeah, by the time this comes out, you'll have all watched the Spider-Man. Unless we get the topic where we talk about superheroes. The Spider-Man TV. trailer. Yeah. Um, and you can let us know what you think about it. I think it looks okay. Yeah. I think Jake Gyllenhaal will probably be the highlight. Because yeah. Michael Keaton was the highlight of Homecoming. Yeah. He was really good. Let's not talk about Homecoming. Okay. I'm not a fan. All right. Last episode you picked up. Yes. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. This is in your ear now. It, no, I'm sorry. That's been stuck in my head for six Ever? months. Six Ever? months? Easily. Ever? Just your entire life. Oh, oh, okay. Did it we hit? were just talking about this before the show. Did it hit? D and D culture. How yep. far has D and D come in pop culture? From out of your mom's basement into the mainstream. Yes. Um, we were just talking about. We this were just talking air. about this. Uh, I think to really appreciate it, there should just be a uh, brief conversation, very brief conversation, about where it all started. The Satanic Panic. The Satanic Panic. <laughs> Hundred percent. You know, uh, so D and D was created by Gary Gygax back in the seventies, late seventies, seventy seven, seventy eight, I believe. Gary Day, and uh, you know, at first it was just normal, kind of just 
you know, the the typical comic shop guys that wanted to just live out their fantasies and you know they they read Lord of the Rings when they were kids and they wanted to just live it up and so they made the wizard and the fighter man and the thief yep and the priest and they just went out and did it for 1974. a while 1974 1974 even earlier first published so by TSR ooh yes long ago but then something happened the 80s came yes and with the 80s came mazes and monsters not Do you all know about Mazes and Monsters? If you don't know about Mazes and Monsters, you have missed a huge part of the Satanic Panic. There was actually, there's an actor in there, like an actual actor. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. Young Tom Hanks. Young Tom, young Tom Hanks. Young Tom Hanks. Good old T. Hanks, or Thanks as we like to call him. T- <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, right. but, uh, but yeah, so the 80s came about, and... With that, the culture was very much uh, parents worried about their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, groups like Mothers Against Drunk Driving uh, and PTAs were booming. Everyone wanted to be involved in their kids' life. And because of that, all these nerdy kids that just wanted to have fun in their in the basement, you know, slinging spells and fighting goblins, suddenly there was the chance that Satan yes. and other dark forces yes. could be involved in this. Correct. Which, in all fairness, they could have been. Although I don't think Jesus Christ is in D and D canon yet, I don't think I, I I don't remember introducing him or reading uh, about him. No, at all. but he'd be a he he'd be a good character. He'd be interesting. He'd be pretty interesting. He'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, but he'd be a good PC. That'd be a fun PC. I think to work being out. Jesus would be good. Um, no offense if that we had no offense. With These this. controversies, according to the Wikipedia, I didn't know this, led TSR to remove many potentially controversial references and artwork when releasing second edition of the game, like. The names of devils and demons. I, I recall very distinctly uh, reading an article, and I actually watched uh, a documentary all about the Satanic Panic. There was a succubus on the cover of one of their yes. adventures that yes. they completely removed from the entire adventure, completely changing the adventure yep. because of it. She went from a succubus into just like a tavern wench. Yeah. There could be some sort of corruption of your kids, that their youth will be taken from them and they'll become these evil sociopaths and murderers and devil worshippers. I don't it's, understand why you, as a, as like a, it's utterly ridiculous. as a role model, would be like, hey, look, at least my kids like into sexy things. Okay, not only this, yes, my dad would be very happy about that. Yeah, like, but, hey, look at that. But even more than that, I'd be excited that a, my child is creative because. A lot of D&D players are extremely creative. Yes. They have friends. You can't play D&D right. alone. Exactly. That's you, the, that's the benchmark. Like this is not a game for people who are alone. No. You maybe you maybe your friends are nerdy, but you've got them. You got friends. You've, you've got, got four to five friends. That's a lot more than a lot of people that you see regularly. Yeah. And they're not and this is the best part as we've discovered. You just four to five friends who are not going out and like Getting, you know, doing drugs. We're not doing drugs. I mean, you might Although be. people think they might be. And, but... you know, as adults, you might be. That's but no, fine. You... But as a kid, like, that, it's it's you're wasting all your money on players' handbooks and dice. Yeah. You're not spending any money on drugs There's no or weed. anything. I don't have time for that. Yeah, you're not, you're not going out. I got a barbarian to build. Yeah, I got, a, I got characters to make. Okay. Yeah. You're not getting into trouble. That was that was the best part. In the in the, the opposite of what people thought was happening was happening. Yes, it was problem solving skills you were that, learning, that's the big teamwork, thing. exactly. Friends. You're, you're learning all these social skills through working them out in a safe fantasy setting. Yeah, not there was there was none of the bullshit that people thought was happening. So I appreciate actually positive reflections of the game in programs like Stranger Things. Yes, where the, you know it takes place in the '80s, but it doesn't it doesn't dwell on the panic part of it. It shows like 
oh, this was a thing people are doing, and it, in, and it helped them. In all fairness, yeah, it helped Their them. Their knowledge helped but them. But the parents actually are so blissfully unaware that it's disturbing. They are very ignorant. Ugh, I did not like that. Yeah. Anyway, so... Like, we've been playing for 12 hours. You've been playing for 12 hours? Yeah. You're not, you You've literally didn't know your kid was doing for 12 hours? Yeah, yeah that's... Na- was that not Nancy? It was Nancy's kid, parents. Uh, I don't remember the parents' Nancy's names. Nancy's mom, yeah. yeah. Um, Mrs. But, 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 uh, we moved on from that. But it really did damage. Because really the did. early 90s, up until third edition dropped, was quiet. Very, very quiet. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that it wasn't until third edition dropped that things picked up in well, any way. I think uh, around third edition was when Wizards bought it. When did yes. Wizards buy it? Uh, the game has been published by Wizards since until... 1997. Yeah. So, and third edition came out in 2000. Yeah. So Wizards did a great job because they were making games. They are making magic. Hasbro's been making games a long time, but Wizards was making magic yeah. since 1989. Oh, my God, I don't even remember. I think magic was 89. Another been 90 That's another podcast that we'll, um, we'll do. But never. they knew what they were doing. They knew how to make a game and how to make it look cool and how to make people buy shit. And they weren't afraid. They were they a larger afraid. company. Yeah. So they had the ability to, you know, if somebody sued them, they could get a lawyer. Right. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. So I think being finally getting under, it's not even like a huge company, but it's a big company. It's a company that can handle itself. And it ends up being bought by Hasbro, yeah. which is a huge company. It's a yeah. huge gaming company. So they could do something different, and they didn't have to push back against, like, they didn't have to care. Like, oh, oh my God, my kid's going, I don't care. But even still, so D&D started coming back. Mm-hmm. Popularity would grow. You and I started doing it. And then 4th Edition hit. I don't even, I didn't even play 4th Edition. 2000, it, 2008. Yes. And then 4th edition hit. And it was kind of a low point. <laughs> no one really wanted to play it. Some people love it. Some, yep. people, some people claim it to be the best. They Those enjoy the wrong. power system. Uh, they are completely and utterly wrong. They're playing a game that doesn't actually matter or exist in any other world. Yeah. But what happened then? 5th edition. 5th edition. Yeah, 2014. But even more than that, I th- and I, I give all the credit in the world to the Xbox. Whoa. For Baldur's Gate? No. What? I give the Xbox and systems like it all the credit because they created streaming. Um, what? Twitch. Hey. Playing Xbox, playing the PS4, just getting people watching other people play games, I think is what created the ability for other programs to come along. So like, you mean PCs? Whatever. They, everyone play you everyone plays everything. Well, I think Twitch is mostly console gamers. No, it's not. Isn't it? No. I always watch console gamers. I yeah, but it's easier. You're just wrong. Most players most streamers you see are playing on a PC because it's easier to okay. stream. And you can get better hardware in a PC than in a console. I watch And you can play more games. games. So Who? Okay, can you just revisit st- streaming? Streaming. You, you credit yeah. streaming. Yeah. Don't you credit consoles or even okay. PCs, just streaming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Xbox, give me Xbox credit for what? I, I get that you don't like Xbox. The that's fine. I like. I had. That's the only console I had for ages. But yeah. like, Xbox. You're getting off topic. Streaming. Focus. 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 Streaming. Good for streaming because every for non-streaming in terms of digital video media, every rendition of D and D in terms of movies and things has sucked. Mm-hmm. So actually, watching people play D and D is a things, totally different experience. Things like Acquisitions Incorporated could have a Jim Dark Magic launching had you know obviously critical roles done incredible things yes. for the genre I, if we just went to the to the to twitch to see D streams right now i'm sure it would be plenty so many let's go 
I'm going to do it. Or, or, or this is current. Oh, God, no, loud. 6.45 at night. D&D Online? Oh, no, that's, that's a, a video MMORPG. Game. Screw that shit. Dungeons and Dragons. It wasn't that good. Sorry. You could play it. Where is it? I know it's on here. Whatever's not on here. What are you trying to look for? I want to play people playing D&D. I'm sure there's someone. There's plenty of I guarantee you there's just groups Category. just doing it. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Currently 6,000 people watching D&D happening on dozens of channels. Yeah. Dozens. Yeah. And some of these are just shows like ours, but most of them are people playing D&D. Almost all of them are people playing D&D. Yeah. So there's, there's a camera of people just in their in their basement. Now there's a camera of the the, the Roll20 interface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, streaming is huge. For exactly. This. Huge. Exactly. It has it's changed a lot in the world. It has made everything more accessible and now that people can see what actually D&D is, I think more people are more likely to join. Yes. More likely to try it. And it's entering a mainstream media. Just in terms, I've, I pulled up here the article from last year with reflecting, or two years ago at this point, reflecting the huge sales in 2017. Um, in 2017, more than 8.6 million Americans played D&D in the year. That's a huge amount of people playing a game. Yeah. 10 million people playing a game that involves books, pens, and paper. Yeah. Like, it's it's still the most popular role-playing game. It's not a video game. Absolutely. It's huge. And I think, to, we talk, this is how we came up with the conversation in the beginning. It's entered popular media, and has entered popular media so much that when celebrities go on TV, they have to talk about their D&D campaigns. Joe Manganiello wants Stephen Colbert. We could start even years ago with fuckface bald Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Talked about his tattoo. Melkor. Exactly. This is my D&D character. And I feel like that was a good starting point. We're like, wait, what are you? He plays D&D, and you learn that other people play in D&D, mm-hmm. and he plays in somebody else. But then, yes, even recent memory, that was maybe a month, two, months, like ago, two months ago, Joe Manganiello goes on Colbert. Roll some dice. And he's talking about his his charity. His, no, he's talking about his clothing company. His clothing company. Death I remember what it was. Death Saves. Yeah. That's such a funny... Death Saves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the game, like, oh, I get it. But if you're out, you're like, Death Saves? Um, talking about his stupid little organization with the cl- with the shirts and the jackets and the whatever, which are pretty cool. Um, but he he... He and Colbert just roll dice. Colbert rolled back in the AD&D days. And Colbert, when he had the Colbert rapport, would talk about his D&D experiences. Yeah. And that helps. That goes a long way when you have positive role models mm-hmm. on media yeah. saying, oh, I do this thing. Yeah. And Manganiello talks about his, his lair in his basement. He's very proud of it. Where he's got a, well, we've seen pictures of it. He yes. should be. It's the got Gary like Gygax dragon heads on the wall. He's got a mind flayer's head on it. Huge wooden he's table. He's got a beholder's head dangling. Sp- okay. Speaking of. Ooh, real fast. Beholder chandelier. Gonna make it happen. Speaking of cool setups, love me a, a D&D table with a TV in it. Like, mm. I haven't had to I know you keep, you keep bringing it up. You'll hit the lottery <sighs> so nice. someday. So nice. No, I don't play the lottery. Oh, then you're never gonna get the table. So nice. I won't do it. All right. Actually, even more recently, and this is why I brought it up in you in the first place, Ashley Johnson of Critical Role fame. Yes. Um, and of Blind Spot fame was on New York Live talking about blind spot just promoting her show in a couple minutes her, into the program nationally syndicated show a couple minutes in the program it asked about critical role and playing dungeons and dragons You're also part of critical role which yes. is dungeons and dragons that's streamed live <laughs> yes. online how did you get involved with this <laughs> tell us about oh this oh my god um well i so this these is- are two women who probably do not care at all about D&D, and they're, they're like forced by their producers. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, talk to her about her D&D campaign. I'm sorry, her what campaign? 
her Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like you, you are forced to ask somebody about a goddamn role playing game because it's become so pervasive. Yeah, and uh, I, you had brought it up. Shows like Stranger Things yep. uh, brought it up. Plenty of other shows uh, throughout you know the past several years have actually had entire episodes. Community had two episodes. Oh my god! All I about, about Community Dungeons and Dragons. That first Community D and D episode so good. is so good. So good. Even the second one where they're in the house. Oh yeah, in, it was. It was. It was it was different, but it was, it was different. good. It was much different, but the first one was it captured everything that somebody that plays for the first time comes to love about. And the people game. who play for millions of years, where uh, Ahmed, what's his name? Abed. Abed, I can't remember his name. Has that giant binder? Like somebody's about to go off script. He's like, "You'd think I don't have?" He boom pulls out this book. He had never played before. Yeah, no, he got the no. Book. Was it the second episode? No, no, is no. He had the entire binder the first time, but that's because that's who Abed is. Yeah, he had a G- bigger binder. Love it. If I can I walk off the edge of the grid paper? Nope, nope. I got all this here, and well, this bridge was built about four hundred years ago <laughs> using these tools, so no, it would definitely break. I loved, I like that moment was so funny. But, and, no, but uh, that, that was you know late two thousands. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 yeah it was you know, early two thousand eight, early twenty tens. Yeah. Yeah. So like those those positive. That's the point. That's the point I'm getting at. Positive reflections of a game in media, as opposed to, and I'm going to go back to this because I mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. a movie called Mazes and Monsters. Mazes and Monsters. I'm going to summarize Mazes and Monsters' plot for you. It's not a spoiler. The movie came out ages ago. Yeah, we... You, a young gonna... Tom Hanks is a mentally ill person who thinks he's really in an RPG setting. And what he does is goes around killing homeless people because he thinks they're monsters. The entire purpose of this movie was to badmouth fantasy games and things. That was the entire... Mazes and Monsters sounds a little bit like... Dungeons and Dragons. The entire purpose of this movie was to bash games like this as satanic and evil, and your kids will end up murdering people in the streets. That negative portrayal of something is does the most damage possible. Absolutely. If if everyone who played D anD D that you saw on your stream suddenly was a debaucherous, lecherous, vulgar nightmare, that would do more damage to the game than anything else. Yeah. Because people would see him like, oh, that's that's not, that's not the people I want to be. And then you don't want to talk about it. Then you can't have your a club in your school. It's a D and D club, and you can't have your your podcast. I brought up this podcast. podcast at work. I would never do that. Right. In years past. Right. People ask me at work like, hey, you know, what would you do if I go? Oh, I played D and D. You played what? I played Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, really? Blah blah. blah. I'm like, yeah. And I've, I've explained D and D to people who yes. want to know more. That that have actual interest. Right. Vox, the publication, did a ten minute explained episode on D and D, like doing a. a beautiful job summarizing the game. Why would they do that? They have millions of subscribers, like, that's because people wanted to know. Yep. People wanted to know. Absolutely. And I think that curiosity is reflected in the fact that more people play D&D now than ever before. Absolutely. And that's huge. That's great for the community. It's great for everybody. That's the key right there. It's great for the community. It's great that it keeps growing. I know that um, there are some people who very much liked it when it was a smaller community. They liked knowing everyone that did it in their town, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Get past it. Invite these new people. Embrace these new people. I play with an entire group of people that have never played D&D before every Monday, and it is one of the best experiences. Well, we live in we also live in peak communication time where you can play on Roll20 online. Yeah. You can play in a Discord chat. You don't ever have to meet the people in person. We live in peak world for D&D. Yeah. If there's, there was never a time yet better than now to play this game. Exactly. I think part of it is the internet because, you know, if you're playing on a Discord chat, you can go deep on your RP because no one's going to look at you while you're typing out what you're doing, <laughs> right? So like, I think that's gone a long way. But part of it is just that that positive community. Like, they exist online. You know, you go on the D&D subreddit, it doesn't matter what it is, and people just share in their stories, share in their art, blah, 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 blah. And it goes a long way. It's huge. Yep. 
Well, that was a good positive first segment. Um, it's D and D, baby. It's D and D. Uh, if Even you, that song's a bit offensive in all actuality. Oh, yeah. It's, it's parody, That was but... really early on. That was Flight of the Concords. No, that no. was... Uh, what's his name? Oh, 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 oh. It's not Flight of the Concords. It was... Uh, oh, oh guy who does a Special Olympics song. Oh, do it. Pull it up. Pull it up. What's his name? It wasn't, it wasn't Flight of the Concords. I'm sorry. Stephen Lynch. Lynch. Stephen Lynch. Yes. Yes, but it was funny. It was funny, but... And that goes a long way. He's not just being mean for the sake of being mean. He's, he's being funny for being funny. He's, he, I attack the darkness. That was another one. Oh my god! There's so many goofy D and D things. That's I, what it used to be. It always used to be goofy. Yes. It used to be the weird thing, and now it's the now it's serious, normal thing. People actually take it seriously. You have at a gaming convention, hundreds of people in a room playing. Watching, no, watching five people playing D and D. Yeah. Acquisition Incorporated. Their shows are only live now. At every comic convention, there are D and D groups that just play. There's, there's, okay. Even the Avengers like, League. Like just imagine. Going to a convention just to play D anD. All right, we're running long in this segment. Sorry. Um, all right, this is a very positive we're segment. We're Maybe we'll talk more about this as more things pop pauses, up in the media. So. Yeah, there were. We can talk to talk about it. Um, give us a couple minutes to calm down, and we'll come back with uh, segment two. Segment two. Welcome back. We calmed down. We watched Stephen Lynch D anD. Yeah, song because of course. <laughs> I'm gonna look into something else. Um, you pulled that. I pulled that. You pulled that. I pulled that. You pull that. You go second. We'll try to keep segment two a little short to keep it's the episode like forty minutes. It's gonna be really exciting. What is it? Ah, ooh, ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Art imitates life. Ah. Let's talk about some real life people who embody classes and archetypes. I feel like that's co- too coincidental to be the real topic because uh, we just did like uh, Manganello. Is Jocks Machina. Like, that's but, a good but one. is he... I don't think he's actually Archon, who's a totally evil no, bastard. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you mean more literally. Yeah, I mean I mean more literally. And they don't have to be, like, actual, like, like you know, Minsk and Boo from back in Boulder's Gate days. I'm talking about just general class archetype feels and people that really embody that. Well, I think we could easily start with a monk. And Bruce. you could just be, like, a, like a Bruce Lee. Okay, okay. Easy. Yeah. But but what what kind of monk? What was he? Open or even mist? oh no even even easier yeah like I feel like Keanu Reeves. Is, Keanu Reeves is a what though? He's a he's a monk. He's a he's monk. A, he, yes, he's a kensei way of the kensei way of monk. the kensei monk because those monk weapons kensei weapons yes so good. Have you seen that footage of him with the gun range? Yes, I shoot and think that's. I heard that wasn't him. No, it's him. But I think there's it's pictures him. there's pictures of him yes. with those people. I think it's him. After that. Yeah. And he does the he does the shoulder hover where he doesn't touch the people oh, in the pictures either because he's 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 and, on that and level. he's so zen about everything. That's exactly. I think he's perfect. Took the poverty, just donates money to everyone and everything. Yeah, well, that's third edition, a separate thing. We're it it counts. Edition. Yeah. Well, he well you know he's just a good guy. He's, he's, just a, a good he's dude. probably a like neutral good way of the kensei human variant human monk. Live excellent. Because he took the sharpshooter feature. Oh, absolutely. Because he's proficient with firearms. He is very proficient. Well, all right, so that's an easy one. Yeah. Wait, you know, a monk. What else? Who's who's a good barbarian? Who who's that? Who's that um, guy? Uh, Randy. <laughs> so uh, I was I was thinking a wrestler. I yeah, was definitely obviously. thinking a wrestler. Um, and uh, I but was. But it's got to be someone who really channels that. It's not uh, Mike's John Cena or The Rock. No, it's not those no. people. I was uh, thinking back a little further. The Ultimate Warrior back in the day was actually my idea of the Ultimate Barbarian. Like that dude just ran out, flying in a rage, just beat the crap out of people. It was great. It was wonderful think, every time. Um, that or good old Hulk Hogan. So I'm thinking maybe Hulk not necessarily a, the ragey barbarian, but like the ability 
Andre the Giant, have you seen him holding beer cans? Yes, I have. It's it's like if there's some. So he's if he send if he he's flew into a big guy. If he flew into a rage, would be able to to properly rage. He could just kill crush you. you. Yeah, exactly. Just crush but he's you. more like he was more like a crushing it as a dude. Like he was a cool dude. Yeah, he would, yeah. would do cool promos yeah. and movies. So he literally maybe he's more like a. Maybe it's more like a like a paladin. I don't know. Like it has a charisma, that weird charisma. So uh, when when I hear paladin, I can't think of, I can't help but think of like some evangelical preacher out there. Just, just you are yeah. healed, laying on hands. I love, I, I hate and love those at the same time because yeah. they're so it's so it's, ugly. It is, but I mean that's a real world paladin. Yeah, there there are zealots. I yeah, think zealots exactly. in general. You know, the, you have people who like. Oh, this is going to take a dark turn. I'm sorry, everybody, on this topic. You have people who like, you know, kill people in the name of their religion. Still to this day, yeah, very much. That's so. a paladin. That like, if it's an evil paladin, yeah, yeah. If, paladins if, don't have to be lawful good anymore. No, if you're if you're someone who is overzealous in your religion, whatever religion it is, you know, if it's whether it's, you know, shooting up abortion clinics or doing honor killings or whatever it is, like that's that's like law, you know, sticking to your alignment, paladins. Yeah. Which Very is much gross. So. I don't have a specific example of a human. I don't think, or like a celebrity or anything. So, so I'd go to like one of the evangelical preachers, probably pick one of them, like Joel Osteen or something. Joel Osteen, this million, multi-million dollars, yeah. practically a sports complex. Yeah. Um. So I think the really exaggerated characters make in for, general, in general, in general. And I think the entire point of this topic, when I was thinking about it, it's just like. Who can you draw on inspiration from yeah, for these things? as real-life people. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think instead of talking about class archetypes, you could just talk even vaguer, like villain. Who may, Who is a good villain? Don't do the obvious one. Well, okay. Do a less obvious one. Uh, I would uh, go... Uh, like, for example... I'm blanking now. For, for example, Elon Musk, as much as he's probably not a villain in real life, is a perfect archetype oh, for a villain. Artificer. Total like, artificer. He, like... Big into the tech, he wants AI. He's, he knows yeah. about AI. He's sending robots into space. He sent his car into space. He he's, is, di- he's literally digging a giant hole underground. We don't know why. It says for a tunnel. I don't believe it. Dude's a villain. He's got all the makings yeah. of a Bond villain. All yeah. the makings yeah. of a Bond villain. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, and Absolutely. you don't. We don't. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, the heroes would know. We just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. All, we'd all be like, "Oh my God, Elon Musk with a self-driving car." The heroes are like, "No, Illuminati." Yeah. But who are the heroes out there? Beyonce, Beyonce, <laughs> the Bard. Yeah, she could be. She could be the the Bard of notes. Spreading power of music. Honestly, um, in our world, it would be it would be a, a like a oh no, got it. Uh, Rage Against the Machine were the Bards in the nineties. They were spreading the power of the people, man. So uh, honestly, uh, obviously, Bard is an easy one. Yeah, because, uh, any musician or performer. Uh, I always say my my favorite uh, example of a Bard, in my opinion, that. Was it what was, Jerry uh, was Seinfeld. a Seinfeld? No, uh, Leonard Cohen. Yes, Leonard Cohen. Yeah, hundred percent. I I always thought that he was the epitome of a bard. Oop, no, I got it. I challenge it. William Shatner. William Shatner. William Shatner is a bard. He doesn't. He he. I don't know how he's still alive. First of all, uh-huh. but he's got the performance, the charisma, the capturing your he attention. Is charisma. He was. He was ver- he's versatile, right? Mm-hmm. You saw him on TV in movies. He makes spoken word albums. I think he won like Grammys for his stupid spoken word There's albums. Something on the plane. Yeah, he's just singing stupid songs. What was? It? What did he do? He did a whole cover. Rocket of- Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burning up out there. They're so alone. Bad. But he's so into it. Yes. And I feel like a bard has to be into he's it. Dedicated. Yeah, Leonard Cohen, Shatner, 
that whole genre of of people mm-hmm. who are like feeling themselves. You gotta have big dick energy if you're a bar. Oh, we like we established this I, last I, episode. I, and just to not be sex, I firmly believe that women can oh, of course. big dick energy. BDE is yeah. is not just for men. Also, uh, men can have a resting bitch face, in my opinion. Of course. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm looking at. I one. think. But. Resting bitch face is much more offensive than big dick energy. I think they're equally offensive. But well, big dick energy is a compliment. They don't have to be. But. Um, so bards are easy because any performer, musician. I think uh, I think druids are also fairly easy. Uh, you've got plenty of people that are fighting. Yeah, Peter. You know, you got plenty of people. Just uh, people, Greenpeace, things like that. Oh, people fighting for the cause. Um, rangers with animal companions. Any any military person with yeah. with the with the German shepherd. Canine unit. Yeah, canine a cop. Ranger with animal companion. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly. I mean, exactly. they maybe not super great at the shooting things because you know cops don't they don't have to be perfect marksmen. No. Tenor mass and all no. that. But they do go deep on the animal companion. Yeah, exactly. That bond between and a police the, officer and they and give a, their action up to let the animal do its thing. Exactly. Like go get him. Go get him. Yeah, yeah. That, that that bond is unbreakable. My wife's uncle was a canine cop for when he was working. Yeah. And that dog, like even his wife, couldn't get mad at him. She couldn't like yell at him or try to like slap him or whatever. That dog would would come for her. Mm-hmm. That bond is that's a ranger bond right yes, there. Yes, absolutely. You, you that's your thing. That's your animal companion. So that that's easy. Okay. I mean, or like a not a zookeeper, but like somebody who trains. No, I, I get it. Like a like a uh, what's her name? Uh, Diane Fossey was that her? Who the gorillas in the mist lady? Was no, the, what was it? Um, her name is. Her name? Yeah, Diane Fossey. Don't challenge me. What? Yeah. Diane Fossey. Yeah. That's not who I'm thinking of. Yeah, she she went out and just uh at, she was played by Sigourney Weaver in the movie. That's not she just went out, acclimated uh, herself to the apes, and in it cre- became part of their society. Oh, that's not who I'm thinking of. That's not who I'm thinking of. But okay, I believe you. Yeah. Penis but size, what? But that would be a another example of it's a druid bar though. Absolutely, yeah, that's definitely a druid thing where you're like speaking with animals and. I think the harder ones are the ones like the fighter and wizard and sorcerer. sorcerers. Yeah. The warlocks though, I think, are the hardest. So the wizard thing is, if you just try, try to remove the magic element from it, it's effectively a student. Yeah. Right. Somebody that somebody like a particle physicist, Someone, I think, would be a good example. I would. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. I don't necessarily think that. So a highly specialized wizard, kind of. I feel like somebody who just has a lot of generic knowledge also barred. falls under the wizard category. Could like somebody, somebody who was in Jeopardy, for example. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, Ken Jennings. Wizard. He's got he's got such a diverse knowledge base. Oh, oh, there was a book. Uh, guy who read the encyclopedia book. That's know not, it all. That is, sounds terrible. The know it all. The know it all is this book. Um, A.J. Jacobs. I read this years ago. This guy. He's planning on going on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. He wants to join Mensa, uh-huh. so he reads the entire encyclopedia from front to back. That's a wizard studying. That is a wizard. He he, he goes on Millionaire. He wins like, t- like maybe hundred grand or something. Mm-hmm. He gets into Mensa just by the, there's a test you can take apparently, and it's just him documenting this journey and sharing with you interesting facts he learns in the book. Okay. And that's effectively what a wizard does. I just study this stuff until it manifests as something good or bad. I just thought. I just thought of. Did it hurt? A mute bard. Mm-hmm. Teller from Penn and Teller. I would definitely mm-hmm. call them bards over sorcerers. Like I would say that David Copperfield are and Chris a, Angel are sorcerers. Are they a pair? Is is it a, is a two person bard? Penn and Teller is a two person bard. But he still does magic. He just 
does it silently. I mean, we established last time that wizard to the coast canon, they have to make sound. Yeah. But I like I like that notion as a thing. Oh, a two person class could be interesting. Like you're like you you both have to be part like the ice climbers in Smash Brothers. Yeah. You both have to be there. for Popo and Nana. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Or um, or like like uh, conjoined twins or something. Ooh. Oh, playing conjoined twins and two players could two do players. it, or one person could do both. All right. Anyway, sorcerer. Would you have hit points? Would you have disadvantage on shit? Would you have oh, advantage on anyway? Sorcerer um, would be weird. Sorcerer, I think that that's a traditional magician. That that's yeah. your Chris Angel, yeah, yeah, your yeah. David Copperfield, your Houdini. Yeah. Those guys are sorcerers. I can dig it. Yeah. It was just like I, you, you, they, they look like they had to study. We know they did, mm-hmm. but they don't show us that. They, that's like, oh, I'm Ooh, just a guy. Good wizard. Good wizard. Yeah. Nikola Tesla. I don't really know enough about Tesla for... Total wizard. Really? Oh, yeah. Or warlock. Uh, that dude had power. Really a lot of writers could be wizards because they're creating in your okay. mind, okay. right? Scribes. Yeah. Scribes, exactly. Yeah. They, they, they've read a lot. They're writing a lot. They're, they're doing the work of the imagination, which is kind Stein. of a magic. Really, that's the book you're going to pull out is... Goosebumps. Wow. But the movie actually, that's the whole premise of the All movie right. is that his books come to life. So we've so. got an easy one, I think. Rogues. American Ninja Warriors. American Ninja Warriors? I'd actually put them on monk level. Uh, so there's it was um, this woman I saw doing bouldering. If you know what bouldering yes, is? Yes, yes. Any footage of anybody bouldering, that's a rogue because they get... The, the, it's, it's a thief. thief. It's yeah, a thief. You get. A thief. You don't have disadvantage on climb and the, what's the thing? Reliable talent. Yeah. That's a rogue. I'm good. Any, any. I'm on my way up. Basically, any bouldering or climbing athlete, and I. This is the reason I say American Ninja Warrior because it requires that diversity of skill. Mm-hmm. Whereas a monk could overpower it straight ahead. A lot, of, which I've seen, you've seen footage of people doing that. But the diversity of manual skill required in the American Ninja Warrior course is more of a rogue thing. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Because you just you like I'm just gonna take ten mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get through this mm-hmm. every time. Like I've I've mastered all these different skills. I think excellent. Uh... Fighters are, you know, like boxers, UFC fighters. Those are legit yeah, fighters. Yeah, Marshall. That's yeah. fighters. Those right. are, that's what they do. That's what they're martial characters. Yeah, man. I hate seeing those guys hit each other in the face. Yeah, just Ugh. repeatedly punching Ugh. the crap out of each other. It makes me feel so bad watching it happen. Oh, oh you know what? Actually, a proper fighter are people like um, Antifa protesters and stuff. Like, you know, you ever see those those footage of like far right protesters fighting Antifa protesters? Like they like they have helmets and shields mm-hmm. and shit on, and they're just beating each other with pipes. <laughs> So, so dumb, so funny. You know, it's actually a sport nowadays, uh, medieval fighting. They actually L- do that. LARPing? No, no, actual medieval fighting. Fencing? No, actual medieval fighting. They've, they've got full armor, shields, uh, long swords, That's and they dumb. just go to town that on each other. That sounds dumb to me. Yeah, it is dumb. It, it's really stupid. All right, so who, who embodies a hero archetype? You know, I think that's hard because I, uh, I, I, I think unlike... I don't. Th- I, I I have trouble seeing people in that. I have a good light. Go so there, if you got someone, give so me an idea. So somebody who went from hero and corrupted and came out on their side of villain, like their their story arc of their life in the last ten okay. years. Um, Julian Assange. Okay. He, he, no one likes him right now. No one likes him right now, and no one really liked him before. But his story his story arc of the whole WikiLeaks thing was transparency for everything. We're going to reveal all this information. We're going to make the world a better place. And that turned into 
revealing targeted information to hurt certain people and certain things. Mm -hmm. And the revelation of his sort of sexual misconducts or whatever. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And he's apparently an asshole. Like, ask anybody in the Ecuadorian embassy in England. So his story arc over the last literally decade has become, has went sort of full circle as trying to do good in the world to being corrupted and actively trying to undermine certain people. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So I think I feel like he's a pretty good example of somebody who's experienced okay. that fall from grace. Um but what about a proper a hero? A proper hero uh they exist. I mean yeah. Uh I think somebody that just has done good yeah. uh in the world, somebody like uh Stephen Hawking. That's a different kind of hero, but yeah. yeah. But he, he just, he, he, and He's dead. he was like a wizard, but he just advanced his field of study yes. to, a, to another level. Doing the most good. That's, yeah. that's how you become a hero yeah. in real life. In real life, yeah. as opposed to like, I'm not going to that, I'm going in there and getting treasure. The treasure is, I'm doing as much good as I can with the resources I have. Okay. Ooh, interesting that you brought that up. Treasure hunters, like actual treasure hunters. Oh, what oh, kind of people do you think that is? Um, uh, what do you call them? The people who buy storage, storage wars people. Storage wars people. They're not. They're the worst. Yeah, <laughs> those are probably. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about actual like treasure hunters, like looking for ancient ships that have sunk off the coast of Belize and crap. Those like that. those are probably wizards again. See, I'm feeling I'm feeling barred on that. Multi class. Like, you're, you're just picking up stories as you go. You're kind of working off old stories. <gasps> David Attenborough. David. Attenborough. He is a he is a character hero. in an RPG. Hero. He is a hero. hero. That man. Just look at his titles on his Wikipedia. He yeah. has so many titles. He is a he is a D and D character hero. What's his class? Eh, probably like a wizard bard Ranger. combo. Or um, you know, these these druidish. Running out of time. We no, we're good. These guys who grew up in England like around World War Two. Then when they were kids, when and they were was kids in like North Africa when Britain was colonizing, like their lives were so fucking crazy like Richard Dawkins life as a child was yeah. insane it was insane yeah. like reading his his autobiography is that when you write it yourself yeah autobiography you write yourself it's insane so like that of course leads them to be these like these crazy colorful characters who do a bunch of shit over the course of their lives because they were born into a situation that was absolutely nuts mm -hmm. so David Attenborough he's he's a national treasure when he dies England is gonna be so sad yeah the queen <laughs> the queen What's the queen of England? She's got to be something. Elizabeth II? No, oh, what, like, what is, is she? she a, is she a villain? I don't know. She's just a noble. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she's, she's time, an like, NPC. You know, like Mary Queen of Scots might have been something. Yeah. But, you know. Nixon. Elizabeth II. She's was a villain. I think we can all agree. Yeah. I don't think that's a too political no. statement to make. No. He was. Yeah. I know as much as you may or may not have agreed with John McCain, like those guys who were war people like George H.W. Bush, mm -hmm. his story as a fighter pilot. As much as that doesn't fit a class in D and D, fits the hero thing. Like the things he did, went through and saw. I think McCain was definitely paladin esque. Uh, yeah, both in his zealotry and his yeah. behavior. He yeah. kind of, yeah, he kind of really does fit. Yeah. That, or did he's dead now? Yeah. Really does fit that bill for yeah. paladin. John McCain, paladin. No, I can see it. That said, that should have been his his uh, 20, 2008 campaign. So, John vote, McCain, my Paladin. Vote, I'd vote for him. Sarah Paladin <laughs> instead of Sarah Payne. <laughs> <Sarah Palin>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh, in all seriousness, I think the entire purpose of this, that the, what I wanted to take oh, out yeah, of Try to make John McCain as a character in d, d Inspiration. Like, don't just make the same character over and over. Don't just make the, you know, Paladin that's lawful good that goes out and kills goblins and orcs and 
helps the people. Like, maybe there's more to it. Why are you doing this? Oh, yeah. All right. That's it for this episode. I don't think we intended to learn or solve anything this time. Never do. Um, But make sure to subscribe and rate the show on wherever you found this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. And always feel free to send us topics that you want to hear about or your D&D rants uh, at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we will see you next time. Till then. Thank you.